Hey, gang, we're back. The four outdoorsmen are together again. Strewman's back in town from uh, Jamaica, man. My wife and I just spent a week in Montego Bay, Jamaica. And, uh, well, I tell you, the timing's perfect. We're four outdoorsmen right now with Capra's, the, the, uh, like I said, the palatial uh, Capra's uh, studios right now. And, and uh, Mark Lukey's with and Sam's with. And we have a couple of guests coming, a young lady named Jasmine. Jasmine. Jasmine Keith is coming in. She'll be joining us for the second half. And a couple of DNR guys going to be the first guests as well at about 620 or so. But I'll tell you what. The uh, timing is everything. My wife and I have been so lucky our entire lives. Every time we, not every time, but 90% of the time we go someplace and it's crappier than hell here and we have <laughs> perfect weather and then we come back and it's nice. We missed all the crap you guys went through. And I, it was just fun sitting there <clears throat> drinking cocktails on the beach and, and watching the news about the weather in the Twin Cities. Wow. Yeah, I don't think we've gotten more snow that I can remember in two days. Yeah, and the, the funny thing is, is I so I bought this plow, right? So I thought I was being Mr. Businessman, like had the first company come and plow out Capra's parking lot. And <clears throat> I saw the bill and I was like, oh my gosh, like if I have them come out here, you know, a few times a month, it's outrageous. Plus at home, you know, I have a long driveway and I bought this plow. I have already made the money back that what I would have been paying. I, I, I was moving snow yesterday. I can't believe if you look out in the parking lot, the amount of snow I've moved <laughs> in the past eight days. It's insane. So uh, my guess investment. is uh, we're at Camper Sporting Goods in, in Blaine on Central Avenue, which is same thing as Highway 65, I guess. But knowing the size of your parking lot, I don't know numbers. I'm guessing it must cost a grand every time someone blows that thing. Seven hundred and ninety bucks. Yeah, and I've done it eight or nine times already, <clears throat> just from like cleaning up because they and that's every two inches. Like if it's two inches, they're gonna plow. Yeah. So like cleaning up and everything, I've I've probably done it close to ten times. And it's fun, right? It, it, it's, it's it's fun <laughs> when you're doing it for a couple of hours. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I had a good a guy yesterday was saying like, yeah, plowing looks really fun. He goes, until you do it for a living. He goes, imagine yeah. driving to Denver in reverse, wrapping around every <laughs> telephone pole. <laughs> it's like telling a farmer, I bet you love driving a tractor all the time. Oh, yeah. You know, well, when you live in it for two weeks, it's you, not so awesome. You talk about the two-inch uh, minimum, and then, then people are going to plow. We live in a one-level twin home in association, townhome association, and the uh, landscaping crew and the plowers are at two inches. Every two inches, if it's two inches, we're going to pay you to plow, right? Yeah. I think they must sign a contract for the entire year. I don't think they sign a contract for every time it plows. I'm not even sure. Well, I just read someplace uh, that they changed it now. Not, it's not two inches. It's four. And so if you got two inches in your own driveway, it's up to you. And a lot of these people are even older than I am. you know. So uh, uh, my son Mike was a, still snow plows once in a while, but he's got his hands full with other stuff as well. Yeah. But, and he would had a lot of big contracts, kind of like Capra's and whatnot. Right. And sound home associations like ours. And someone's got to do the shoveling of the, of the sidewalk. Not the sidewalk, but the step right there yep. as well. And uh, uh, his ex-wife, Sarah, would come and help him sometime from 10 o'clock at night till 5 o'clock in the morning. And she affectionately called herself the shovel bitch. <laughs> but I'm, whoa! We We've have, been waiting the whole time for we that. Have, we have sound effects at Campus Sporting Goods Store. Um, I was going to get you around the two-inch thing, but I was like, I better not. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. You don't know how long we've waited. To do yeah, that. We planned funny. that for 10 days, <laughs> <laughs> which is really sad. But anyways, yeah, so yeah, life is too short. But anyway, we had seven days of 80 to 85 degree weather. It, was, yeah. it drizzled for about 15 minutes mm. one day, but it was every day was. Is it perfect. humid? Not at all. Really? 
maybe early in the morning you might find a little moisture on the floors or, or the yeah. patios, but at that this time of the year, not at all. It was everything that you should expect when you go to spend a lot of money, go to Jamaica. First time in Jamaica, right? Yep. What was your favorite thing you ate? That you outside of the outside of our room. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You're too slow, pal. Sorry. If someone's got to remind you. Uh, to be honest with you. Oh Jesus. Right. This is gonna be so much fun. Last one. <laughs> the, to be honest with you, there was about four really really good restaurants there. Unfortunately, all of them were the furthest away from our. It's a big complex from yeah. our room, and you can take a little. They have golf carts going around as well. Like all inclusive, uh, right? Yeah. And my my knees were just. Dying oh, every day, but uh, we went to an Italian restaurant, which was highly recommended. Res- yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had uh, lamb, hmm. but but it wasn't a lamb chop. It was lamb that looked like it was cooked in a crock pot for five hours. Kind of like a roast, so like yeah, shredded. It was so good that hmm. that was my favorite meal. Uh, jerk chicken was really, really good. The Jamaican stuff was really good with the rice and beans. Really, really good. Very, very tender as well. But for me, that was the highlight. And, Did uh, you get sick of Bob Marley music? I heard they just pump it through every... Yeah, they do, and it's loud. <laughs> it's loud. And Bob Marley is... and that's the I love point. Bob Marley, by the way. But yeah. everyone and, that goes to Jamaica says, after a while, you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it was um, around the pool and all that. You couldn't hold a conversation because the entire day, they're blasting it like almost like reggae and rap music whatnot and it was cool but sometimes you wasn't to have some turn it down a little bit and let's have a couple hold the conversation uh but it was a lot of fun and M- bob marley i i know who the guy is he's died in 1982 he's only like 35 36 years old and he died of uh weed no 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 um he had an infection in his in his toe, and he didn't have it taken care of, his big toe. Hmm. And some kind of a, his religion did not let him take care, go to the medical stuff. And I don't know what kind of religion it was. Oh. And eventually went into, inside of his body as well, and, and he was dead in, in a short amount of time, all because he didn't have it medically taken care of at first. But he's been dead since 1982, and he's just like Elvis here in this country. Mm-hmm. He is, every place you go is Bob oh, Marley. Yeah. Every place. It was nuts. Um, and we had, uh, so one night they had an hour and a half, a, a band doing nothing but Bob Marley tribute band, if you want to call it that. And, uh, unfortunately, just as they were starting was when my wife and I were having that dinner on the beach. Mm. And, uh, so we didn't hear any of the Bob Marley stuff. That would have been fun to see a, a band play all of his live music as well. But so you were actually like on the beach. Eating. Oh yeah. So was it just you or were there other tables? Just Diana and me. How was that? Romantic, man. It was really, really cool. Was it windy? Not at all. We, we were right in front of this big, beautiful, I don't know what kind of plant it was. Because we did it once in, in Mexico someplace many, many years ago, and it was windier than hell. Mm. They had us like under a little canopy thing. But this was, it was it was perfect. I always think of like a beach like sometimes at night, just the waves howling in the wind. It's like, I feel like eating that, you know, you're getting sand in your mouth and stuff. Like, would it be <laughs> that good? I got to tell you this, you know, that that was one of the <clears throat> highlights. And, and uh we got that. I didn't. I don't know if I shared this or not, but we got into a, a game called like the dating game. It's called the love game, and they ask the women, you know, six or seven questions, and the men are out in a, the green room, and they come back and see if they got those questions correct or not, you know. And uh, so we won that. And there was two two questions that you one you're familiar with, but the one that really won it was they asked Diana, "What one thing about your husband really drives you crazy that you, if you could change, you'd love him forever?" And uh, 
So she hit Should her, we guess? No, no. She did her. Yeah, she did her answer, and I came out and they asked me that question. What was my answer? Uh, when you correct people's grammar. No, that's pretty good though. That's um, pretty good. Well, it's too late. I was already going to say that. How about no, no, I, no, talking I, to everybody. I talk too much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just, I just talk too much, and uh, that's why we love you here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a radio show. But anyway, so this, that that one question got us over the top. But the other one, we only we only won by about half a half a point or whatever it is, according to the other seven question uh, couples or so. But the other one was, what was the most interesting place you guys have ever made love? And and we 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 won a contest like this on a ship ten years ago with the same question. That was the last question. And I did the answer, when I'm, and there's 50 people out there in the audience, kind of. And I said, uh, Fisher Nut Company, warehouse, uh, third floor behind the Brazil nuts. And people thought, ah, yeah, that's funnier than heck. And the, Diana comes out from the green room, and, and uh, she had the same answer. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's hilarious. But anyway, what's cool about it, so last time we did this, uh, we won a game like this. We won a T-shirt. Oh, it's cool. Congratulations. You get a T-shirt. They gave us a bottle of wine. They gave us a cabana the next day for the entire day, and that's $195 to rent a cabana. Wow. To, to sit on your butt and sleep and read a book, $195, and that dinner on the beach, which is- So you a, won all that? Just for the, that little game we did, yeah. And that was, so the beach thing was $225 for that dinner on so the beach. So $500 win. Uh, yeah, it's four anyway. With the bottle of wine, probably five hundred. Yeah, That's isn't crazy. that crazy? That is that blows that T-shirt out of the water. Yeah, it is. And you saw that I, I sent you a videotape, but I, I, we had a saxophone player there. This was really cool. Did you see that video I sent was you? Was it an alto yeah. sax? Uh, saxophone. It wasn't the one that big, the big curved sax. I don't okay. know what it is. Anyway, so by coincidence, Diane and I were saying, wouldn't it be cool if we had a saxophone player? Because we did it last time, many many years ago. We go down about an hour and a half before dinner and have a cocktail right in the concourse there, and there's a guy playing saxophone. And uh, long, you know, Jamaican hair kind of guy. And, and uh, so during the break, I went up and talked to him. I said, pretend like you and I are just talking. And um, I, I, he picks up his saxophone, I'm pointing to things, and I was saying, is there a chance I could pay you to come out and play one song after this? We're going to be on the beach. And uh, so anyway, it turned out that he shows up. He walks up, comes up behind Diana, he starts playing saxophone, and she shakes a little bit. What the hell was that? You know? <laughs> yeah. But They're it was coming. A, yeah, yeah. But he, he came out on the beach and played that one song. And uh, What song was it? Uh, it's an Elvis song. No, no. It was, uh, it was Benny Hill. It was <laughs> but he came and played that he one song for us. He loving her today. <laughs> <laughs> Love sticks. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what was cool about it that the uh, the uh, uh, entertainment director came up and, and said he, he's on us. Oh, so that's I, cool. I, yeah, so I so we got the bottle of wine, the cabana for the entire day. So we're over and dinner 500 on the beach. bucks now. It's whatever. It's something like that. But anyways, that's crazy. It's pretty cool. Yeah, Mark, what do you got? Maybe we should <clears> talk about some outdoor stuff. So let's I, get I, into I was that. Out, we were, we were was outdoors. Out on we were the on the beach, pal. That is on the beach. Uh, thanks, everyone, for writing into the Four Outdoorsman shout-out. Uh, we're going to interrupt part of this because our first shout, or our shout-out picture is from someone you know. Do you remember? Yeah, Nick Hammond. Nick Hammond just got back from Devil's Lake, Bry's Guide yeah. Service. Bry's Guide Service that we used out there. Right. And those are some of the fattest perch I've seen. I couldn't believe that when he sent that to me. So he uh, he came in here, his his dad's in that. I think that's his brother, too. Um, came in here, bought some stuff, and I gave him a hoodie. He he was one of the bankers I originally started talking to, and he moved on in career, which is which is awesome. He actually owns Flickerbirds on Rush Lake, just north of Cambridge. Um, 
But uh, yeah, he comes in. He's like, yeah, we're headed up to Devils. And his dad was saying he was excited because they were going to go to this company that, you know, had townhouses or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, is it Bry's? And he's like, yeah. I was like, oh, we've been yeah. through there. You know, Garrett was awesome. Right. And then he sends me that picture. You saw that picture? It's wonderful. There was, what, 50, 60 perch there, and they're all – even the ones, the small ones that they put in the back are yeah. big perch. Unbelievable. So, obviously, the fish are biting on Devil's Lake, and you are going there next week, correct? We're going – Bob Creech and I are going the 12th through the 14th. I'm going to talk to that guy then, whoever – so somehow – Is that sure next that, weekend? Yeah, this next week. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, I'll, I'll give you his number after the show here, Nick Hammond. He's a super nice guy. Yeah. You'll like him. He, like I said, he owns Flicker Birds and – He's he's a good 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 guy. Yeah, so I'm excited. So it's a good thing because uh, you know, of course, we we have Devil's Lake Tourism as one of our great great sponsors, and there's reasons why it's such a great place oh, to yeah. go. And that photograph just justifies it 100. Wow. percent Make sure that photograph, if you haven't done it, it, I know it's shared on the on the post on the Facebook, but make sure you get that to Susie from I Devil's will. Lake. Yeah. I'll text, I thought I texted to you. I'll send it to you. Yeah. Next shout out is uh, Jeffrey Sobiech, who says, "Say hi to Jerry for me." Now I have a special story about Jeffrey. He is. Um, the, he runs St. Croix River Valley Guides and Outfitters. And a friend of mine invited me over to fish tip-ups with them on New Year's Eve. So I brought my boys out, and Jeff knew the guy that invited me out, and he's a full-time guy. It's not every day that someone invites you fishing and is a guide and has right. everything. Right. So he showed me some different ways to set up a tip-up. I've, I've always tip-up fished, but... Um, I really haven't paid that much attention to it. You know, I concentrate on my rod and reel, and maybe I'll throw a sucker out there. And um, he just showed me a different setup that just worked really great, and we had an awesome, awesome day. Caught some big northerns, caught some big bass. The kids were driving around snowmobiles. So I just want to thank Jeff for um, for showing us what to do and to have all the equipment. And he has a bunch of hard houses on Metro Area Lakes. If you ever need a guide in the Metro Called Jeff at St. Croix River Valley Guides and Outfitters. Cool guy. It's really great. Uh, we also have a Happy New Year's Boys from Patricia Mil- Mueller from uh, our sponsor, Balsam Beach Resort. Can't wait oh, to see Patty. her again soon. Nice. Yep. I don't know why I said Patricia. I know it's Patty. <laughs> Hi, Patty. <laughs> Steve Renneberg, another good friend of ours, says BWCA trout opener started out slow, but has picked up in the last few days. Trout opener outside the BWCA is next weekend. January 14th, and looks like he caught a monster northern uh, while trying to trout fish. Yeah, that's kind of cool. And uh, that is it for our shout-out. So I, I got go one ahead. quick one. Mm-hmm. He's He probably wasn't uh, able to get on the shout-out today because he was here shopping. A regular shout-out guy of ours who brought his friends and his family in here today, Mr. John Marshall. Oh, that's oh, yeah. right. Good for cool. John. He's been in here a half a dozen times, and uh, good guy, really good guy. Hey, we were talking about New Year's Eve. Of course, Diane and I went to Jamaica d- December 30th, and December 31st, New Year's Eve, unbelievable stuff. And you, sh- you should have seen the fireworks at midnight, pal. I bet. Uh, we, that- as a matter of fact, Diane and I should have seen the fireworks at midnight. We didn't, we didn't make it. We, <laughs> 10.30, we were done, pal. But uh, Yeah, we but, talked uh, about this last week, how in the previous years we fake uh, – yeah, that's funny. The ball drop, you know. Yeah, it's that's a, funny. It's a classic. So. Yeah. Um, I heard it on the air on last uh, Sunday. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Big show today. We have some DNR fellas with a great story up next. Um, also, we should talk about this at some point. We're going to ATA next week. We are. Mark ATA and I are traveling the, to ATA. It's the biggest archery trade show in the country in uh, Indianapolis. Yep. And I'm super excited. I'm going to meet a bunch of clients there and just explore the world of archery with you. Yep. As my guide. <clears throat> yeah, it's going to be fun. It's, uh, you know, you got SHOT Show for rifles and guns and ammo. 
this is the quote unquote shot show of archery, the ATA. All the big brands are there from, you know, hunting accessories to tree stands and blinds to archery, of course, and all the accessories. So I'm looking forward to it. We're going to grow the archery department really, really large here in uh, Capra. So we're going to do some hard-sided blinds with delivery and setup mm-hmm. it's coming this spring at Capra. So I'm excited. Yeah, we'll have a big show to talk about next week. Yeah, well, lot, lots going on. We're going to do it uh, live in studio next Sunday because we're going to be gone traveling. But um what do you think of the studio so far, Stu? Are you happy with it? Is it comfortable? I love the sound. I love the comf- I love the. I, it's it's comfortable. It sounds great. Everything's set up is perfectly set up. Obviously, I'm looking forward to you guys finishing. I didn't do anything. You know, I just I just show up here. <laughs> you can supply a coffee table. I can supply. No, and I'm, we're not we're not going to sell you the coffee table. We're gonna we're not going to give you the coffee table. But but uh, yeah, I, you were talking about yeah. a nice sign in back of us and all that. It sounds great. And what's cool about it, it's about 10, 15 minutes closer to my home. Yeah, yeah, and you get your Sundays back. Uh, but I but I mean this sincerely. I'll I'll miss Brandon because oh, Brandon yeah. is a big part of our my life Brandon. and and the show and uh, he's fun to inter- interact with all the time. Once as well. we set a certain time, maybe we'll make it more conducive where he can come join us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It'll be fun. Like Sunday, we'll you know we'll be doing stuff you know so or next Sunday so we'll still be doing stuff in the studio. It's just nice to have this. So you weren't kidding, and it's it's good for everybody. So let's wrap it up. Let's take a break here, huh? Get ready for. Jasmine Keith. No, no, she's not next. Shane and Colby. Yeah, the DNR guys. They got a story about Red Lake. Checking in with the four outdoorsmen. Find them at mybobcountry.com under the weekend tab. It's time for Capra Sporting Goods Ice Fishing Clearance Sale. Get select ice fishing stuff for up to 30% off. Get huge discounts on electric augers like Strike Master, Ion, and Razor. Electronics like Garmin Livescope, Vexlar, Markham, Otter and Eskimo sleds and hubs, rods, reels, tackles, and more. These are the best deals of the year. In-store only. Call or come in for specific pricing on what you're looking for. While supplies last, Capra's outdoors on Highway 65 in Blaine. You know who has deals? Capra's has deals. You've heard us talk about Devil's Lake for quite a while now, and there are many, many reasons why. To think that 30 years ago, Devil's covered about 85,000 acres. Today, that same body of water is over 160,000 acres, and that story alone brings the curious to visit this wonderful place. But it's the no-slot limit on walleyes with five a day and ten a possession. That's bringing the four outdoorsmen to Devil's Lake as often as we can. Devil's Lake, North Dakota, rated one of the top five fisheries in the entire country. Visit DevilsLakeND.com, and thanks. Dezeal Heating and Air Conditioning has let the dogs out. And their two-fur deal is back. If your furnace and air conditioner are over 10 years old, they could roll over and break down. Let Dezeal help you fetch a free air conditioner with their two-fur deal. For a limited time, when you purchase a furnace, you get a free AC unit with a free UV package. Dezeal Heating and AC, serving Wright County and the West Metro. Details online at DezealHVAC.com. That's D-E-Z-I-E-L-HVAC.com. Pheasants Forever's National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic is coming to the Minneapolis Convention Center on February 17th through the 19th. Join us for puppy and dog training seminars, a youth village for kids, a public lands pavilion, pollinator and wildlife habitat, hunting gear, and more than 400 unique exhibitors. It's National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic the weekend of February 17th. Presented by Pheasants Forever, Quail Forever, and Federal Ammunition. For more information, log on to pheasantfest.org. 
You want a cool lake trout fishing experience? Head to Ely, an Arrowhead Outdoors bait tackle hunt camp store, Minnesota's stream and lake trout headquarters. Arrowhead carries the largest selection of lake trout tackle found any place in northern Minnesota, and they're the only ones in Ely renting houses for targeting lake trout. Dates are filling fast, and sharing a lake trout fishing trip on the doorstep of the Boundary Waters means memories that are going to last a lifetime. <laughs> you might even catch a walleye or two. Arrowhead Outdoors, the very, very best. The number one request of soldiers is take care of my family. And that's exactly what the Minnesota Military Family Foundation does. We take care of the military family in times of financial crisis. Please donate at minnesotamilitaryfamilyfoundation.org. Get a voucher for two tickets and two large popcorns valid at any Minnesota Imagine Theater for just 19 bucks. Details at dealsonradio.com. Deals on Radio. Deals on Radio. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. This is Matt Crowder, live at the gas station on 41st Street, reporting on those skyrocketing gas prices. Excuse me, miss, are you buying less gas now because of the high prices? Oh, I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute, are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. Well, does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, well, there you have have it. Stop paying full price for gas. Download the free Upside app and get real cash back every time you buy gas. This is Matt Crowder Radio News Network. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code TRAFFIC for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, to PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code TRAFFIC for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code TRAFFIC. All right, gang, we're back. Strewman here, Mark Lukey, Sam Offit, all the four outdoorsmen at Capra's Sporting Goods. Is it Sporting Goods out? What is it? Sporting what? Sporting Capra's it, Outdoors. Either or. Either or. or. Capra's Outdoors, DBA, Capra's As long as people, goods. they don't care what the second part is, as long as they remember Capra's, Capra's. right? Capra's. Hey, uh, the Four Outdoors every Sunday night at 6 o'clock on MyBobCountry.com. Thanks for joining us. We've got Shane Zavodnik right now and Kobe Fontes. They're uh, conservation officers with the state of Minnesota. How are you guys doing tonight? Good, good. Are you both Very working? Good, I, now, Shane, Shane was talking uh, off the air that uh, he's on a snowmobile right now uh, catching bad guys. And, and, Kobe, are you working as well? Yeah, I'm working. I'm actually uh actually just working to get set up in my new station up here so so you guys where is your new station so i'm stationed out of the what's known as the bidet number two station so it pretty much goes from the city of bidet uh the rainy river all the way south to the northeast corner of red lake seems very like, skinny little narrow strip of land seems like still it seems like an awful lot of territory for you guys to cover we were up in uh, the Boundary Waters, right in the Boundary Waters, a couple of years ago. I don't know if you guys were with us. What's what's going on there? Is that oh, it's a snowmobile. Those are sleds. Okay, that's, that's awesome. That's, that's a good sound effect. Yeah, that is. That's fine. <laughs> sound like a sound like a big race. <laughs> anyway, we we were up in the Boundary Waters, uh, right? And uh, but there's nobody up there, and all of a sudden a game warden shows up. What the hell are you doing up here? You know, how much how much territory does each conservation officer normally cover? Well. Um, it varies. It varies very greatly. So um, Minnesota actually has a nice web page on this. It's an interactive uh, CO locator that kind of outlines each station, the boundaries, as well as 
uh, which conservation officer is responsible for that station. Um, so it varies, it varies very greatly. Uh, we have stations that are massive. Um, I think I have one of the smallest ones, if not the smallest one as far as land mass goes. It's only six miles wide. Um, Shane has a pretty decent-sized station. He, he might be able to touch on that a little bit better than I can. But Hey, Shane, I'll, yeah, Shane go ahead, Shane. You, how, how big is the territory you're covering? Um, it's i mean it's hard to explain i know i know you're fairly familiar with the area but, yeah yeah um basically i'm from Cotton to cook um and then probably i don't know 15 miles east 15 miles west of virginia um so it's it's uh you know it's, it's a pretty decent rectangle and um not all stations are built that way they're you know i think there's at least a couple two, three uh, stations that kind of are intermingled with the Mille Lacs um, Lake. And so, um, yeah, it's just like Colby said, it just kind of varies um, area by area. Is the DNR understaffed? I mean, could you, do you wish there were more people to help you cover the territory that you have to cover? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think uh, the last time we're working off the same numbers as, Back way back when, when game wardens or conservation officers now were first established. So I mean, yeah, I would say we are due for an increase in personnel for sure. We're talking with Shane Zavodnik and uh, Kobe Fontes, conservation officers for the state of Minnesota. Shane's been around for five, maybe six years, give or take. And Kobe just started this game, and good for you, Kobe. Welcome to the to the real world. Shane, how did what got you into to becoming a conservation officer? You don't just wake up in the morning and say, "I want to be one of these guys." No, um, it's kind of interesting. I was uh, when I lived in Duluth, I ice fished a lot, and so I was out ice fishing one day, and um, I had a conservation I had a conservation officer just proceed to do a regulatory check, check my license, and uh, he looked up. I had actually forgotten my license that day, but I had a license. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he looked me up on his system and he just saw, you know, I did a lot of, I did waterfall hunting, uh, big game hunting, grouse hunting, um, you name it. So he kind of just, he was like, well, you know, this guy might be a perfect fit for something, uh, uh, that he may not even have thought of. Right. So right. It was kind of just, it was, a, it was a stroke of luck that, you know, he, he basically, he came up and after he looked that I had a valid license, he asked me, um, just point blank you want to be a game warden? And I was just like, I kind of chuckled. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, almost five years later now, here I am. Isn't that cool? Do you remember the name of the gentleman who, who stopped you that one day? It was. It's uh, Officer Kip Duncan um, in the in, uh, Duluth area. Yeah, Officer so, Kip. So he knows <laughs> your status right now? Oh, yeah. Oh, yep. that's that's cool. Yeah, we, Shane, yeah, mo- we, most we people... Most people get a ticket when they meet a CO. You got life advice. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was the big ticket to my, yeah, no pun intended, but I mean, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine a different job. It's, you know, it's, it's excellent. You know, they're really hurting. It's like, all right, here, listen, you can either get a ticket yeah. or you can yeah. sign up. Okay? It's like Vietnam. You want to go to jail yeah. or join the Army? Yeah, yeah. good for you. Yeah. yeah, good for you. Hey, Kobe, now, this is your this is your first year as a conservation officer. I think you, you um, got your, your – became approved. You got your license, whatever certified. it's going to be, certified in, in the spring of 2023. And for the last four or five months, you've been doing learning stuff. But now you're out there in the in the real world. 
How does it feel? Is it exactly what you expected it to be so far? Um, just a little clarification on the timeline. So I've in the minute in Minnesota, in order to be a, a peace officer, which every conservation officer in, in our state is. Right. Okay. Um, you need to you need to have your you need to have your post license. So I've had my post license since the beginning of 2020. Then I worked as a police officer for roughly two years prior to this, and then since uh, the end of May of this year, I've been in training. To be exactly where I am right now. So, um, <clears throat> I had a I had quite a bit of background going going into this job. So I kind of knew what I I knew actually very well what I was getting into. Um, so I went to school UW Stevens Point, Central Wisconsin, to to be a conservation officer. It was a conservation officer, game warden specific degree and program. So, to me, there really wasn't any surprises. Um, but uh, just diving deeper and deeper into it, I I love the job and it's better than I thought it would be. So. Well, okay, you mentioned you were a police officer for a couple of years. Why did you make the change? What about being a police officer wherever you were eh, discouraged you to the point where you, you, you wanted to make the change? No, no no discouragement with where I was. I, I very much enjoyed that job, uh, like like I prefaced. Um, so I, my degree isn't just in law enforcement. It was in specifically in conservation law enforcement. So I gained two really good years of experience with that police department. Absolutely. And then ultimately ultimately decided that, you know, this is what I went to school for. I spent the last four years achieving this degree. I have two great years of experience as a cop, and this is the move I want to make. So uh, no no discouragement on the cop side of things. I enjoyed that job very much, just like I do this one. Good for you. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Red Lake. The reason I have you is because I think I probably stole you like I steal most of our guests uh, from the outdoor news. Thanks to uh, the boys from the Outdoor News. And you talked, there was a story about you guys up on Red Lake. And I've never been on Red Lake. Honestly, God, I've been in Minnesota my entire life. I fish a lot, not as much as I used to. But Red Lake is is, is the hot button come early December and whatnot. Ex- tell us, both you guys share the story about what Red Lake was like early December, first ice. And you guys, you guys, I guess you call busted a few people for catching too many fish. Tell us the story, would you? You so, take your turn. Go ahead, go ahead, Shane. Okay. Well, I guess primarily when I started field training, I, my main goal is just to uh, when I this is my first year, but my my main goal is just to make sure that uh, my trainee got as much exposure um, as, as he or she could um, to feel confident uh, to go on to the next step and feel confident just to do everyday angling checks. So I, you know, I, I've done this for five years. I go to Red Lake, um, specifically early season, uh, just because of sheer volume, the amount of fish being caught, uh, and the amount of violations to be had. So, you know, I just figured this would be a, a, a very good opportunity for Siegel Fontes um, to have this type of exposure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and yeah, you, Colby. You, go ahead, Colby. Hang yeah, on. Yeah, he uh, – go ahead. No, I was going to say, hang on a second, Colby, because – we just have a young lady who's going to be a guest of ours in the next se- session. Her name is Jasmine Keith, and she's going to be with us. So if you have a question, Jasmine, you can talk to these guys. It's Shane and Colby, the conservation officers. All right, Colby, tell us a story about a little bit what, what you learned when you were on Red Lake in December there. Yeah, so when uh, when I found myself, I found myself with Shane for step three of field training. And like he said, he's, I was his first ever uh, uh, conservation officer candidate. Uh, so to speak, uh, that he trained. So he wanted, like you said, some, some place, there's plenty of places in, uh, in December here in the state where there's 
a huge influx of people coming from all over to fish. So yeah. Red Lake is obviously at the top of that list. Uh, yeah, it's pretty incredible. I've, I've fished Red Lake before. Um, and then, you know, obviously, so I knew what to expect when you, when you hit the shoreline for the first time and you see the metropolis on the ice <laughs> and, 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 and early ice is, is even more unique than this time of year. Cause now, you know, the metropolis is there during the day. It's also there at night. Cause everyone has their sleeper shacks out. They're allowing, they're allowing big, big ice houses and everything out permanents out. So, um, but it's unique during the time that we're there because that metropolis dis- disappears by nighttime because everyone goes back in and stays on shore. So one, two, three houses, you know, here or there past dark, uh, during that early ice time. But regardless, uh, yeah, there's tons and tons of people that fish the lake and it was all about, it was just like he said, it was great training for me. Uh, tons of repetitions, just moving through and going through the motions over and over again. I'm just checking people, talking with people and just seeing what they had and what they, what they had going on. So, you know, you, you guys, you guys, I don't know. I don't know how many fish houses you stop by and check into, but you guys caught a couple of guys, found a couple of guys and ladies maybe as well with too many fish over the limit and they all know the limit. We all know the limit. And it's hard when the fish are biting like they, they do up there. Sometimes it's hard to say no when you get, when you have your limit already, how many fish over did some of these guys have? And, and what is it? What is, what is, what are the steps to finding them and giving them tickets? What happens after that? So uh, the limit, the limit this year on red Lake is uh, three walleyes, one over 17 inches. So it, that, that portion of the regulation I would say was mostly well received. Um, the primary issue that Shane and I ran into was, was more of the taking that limit day after day and assuming that, assuming that there, there was a larger possession limit that was different from the daily. Um, I'll point out that the regulation clearly says that that three fish is your daily and your possession. So that's kind wow. of the majority of the majority of these cases. Uh, I can't say we ran into anybody who just had, you know, one person who had, you know, an absurd number sitting on the ice in front of them. And it was just, you know, pure selfishness. You know, it was, it was a chronic thing over several days for the majority of these folks. Yeah. Is there, a, is, how do you determine who you're going to ticket and not ticket? If someone's got four fish or five fish and, uh, and they treat you with respect and apologize, those kind of things. Are there some people you, you kind of give a break to? And if so, why? Shane? Yeah, I think it's a case-by-case scenario. Um, I know Siofantas and I had talked about it kind of prior to making a bunch of contacts and, you know, prepping them for maybe what to expect. But, there, you know, there are some people that are just, um, A, just don't care to look at the regulations and just kind of assume. And I think we had talked about that before is that, you know, it's throughout the entire state of Minnesota now, there's special regulations on many, many bodies of water that have uh, – great resources like walleyes and panfish. So, um, you know, with, with honesty, I think, yeah, that, you know, that holds a lot, um, of weight. Um, and at the end of the day though, we still have to do our job. So, you know, it's, it's being, it's being reasonable, but ultimately knowing that, you know, we're people and they're people and, you know, you just got to be respectful and, like I said, it's a case-by-case case scenario. Well, I'll um, tell you what, Mark and I, Mark yeah. Lukey, was, again, this Sam, Mark, and Steve Strasinski here, we're talking with Shane and, and Kobe conservation officers. Mark and I 
You know what you're talking about. He and I both got busted within the last couple of years for something <laughs> we we didn't do on purpose, and we we both paid a fine. So uh, Sam, it happens. It happens. It happens. <laughs> yeah, I was just. Well, although I think I got screwed, but keep on. Cause Sam, Sam's got Everyone, a question. Yeah. No one's guilty, right? <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> Sam, I was just go ahead. Say, how do you guys handle a bribe, and what is the right bribe amount? <laughs> fillets. <laughs> yeah, fillets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's. Uh, yeah. How come you didn't answer? Go to samoftedall at gmail.com <laughs> or something like that. You, it, go ahead, Mark. Um, I have a question for you guys as far as a lot of people had too many in possession. Is there a line of, say, someone went and put it in their freezer for storage and came back out? Does that count as possession? I'm just curious myself. Yep, absolutely. So um Possession, whether you have it in that house with you, whether you have it in your cabin on shore in the freezer, um, unless you've gifted it away or eaten it, it's in your possession still. That's kind of the short and sweet of that. Um, Um, Yes, there's a notion or a belief, I guess, by people that, that, oh, the, the, the six walleyes I kept on this other lake a month ago that's in right. my freezer, and now I'm out on Red Lake with, you know, my three three walleye limit here. That these are two separate things, and they're they're not. Yep. Um, so, um, another question: Would it be legal to fillet the fish and eat them in your ice house, and then you're clean for as far as daily possession? So yeah, there's on experimental waters like Red Lake. I believe experimental waters is the correct term for the lakes that have these special regulations. Mm-hmm. So water bodies like that. Um, so you, if you're staying on the lake, for instance, you're staying in your ice castle or whatever, your hard, your hard body sleeper shack, um, you are, you can eat those fish. However, um, when you clean the fish, they need to be prepared to be, I guess, immediately eaten. And then you have to retain those carcasses as well. Because okay. in the event that you came across one of us, um, we have to go through our check and go through those same motions regardless of where the actual meat is. So um, flaying them up all day and tossing the scraps down the hole uh, is, is going to be a <laughs> Frowned <no-go>. upon. <laughs> Shane has uh, the most experience between you two guys, obviously. Shane's got five years probably going on six. Shane, there must be one or two interesting or intimidating stories that you've had in your career. Can you share anything? What What was the most interesting? Maybe were you ever concerned about your safety? Anything like that in five years of, of being a conservation officer? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, I, I, I tend to put myself in, I don't know, I wouldn't say risky situations, but situations where um, more risk could be involved. I, I help uh, with um, neighboring uh, police departments, sheriff's department, state patrol. So, yeah. I mean, I've helped out on warrants and stuff like that, knowing that, you know, people are inherently violent and have a violent uh, past. And um, I mean, that's, we we're cops. I mean, yep. there's, there's no doubt about it. So um, like Colby was saying, you know, it's being a cop first, it's, it's great experience because um, then you, you have that mindset. Um, but uh, with that being said, you know, we're dealing with people with guns and knives yeah. every day yeah. being a conservation officer. So um, not, not that we're being complacent, but um, you know, I, it, we have the, what's called the gift of gab. And we, you know, I think we're very relatable to a lot of people, uh, good, bad, and ugly. So um, I think that's one of our strong points is being conservation officers is a lot of it is just being able to talk people down, relate to them. Uh, de-escalate the situation and you know kind of just go on from there 
we all respect what you guys do, and thank you for what you do because you don't get enough credit. You know, the DNR gets a lot of sass from a lot of people, and it might not be justified for the most part. So you guys do a hell of a job, and I thank you very much. And, Kobe, good luck with your career. Shane Zavodnik and Kobe Fontes, and uh, thanks for being conservation officers. Thanks for being on the four outdoorsmen. Be safe, and, uh, boy, I tell you, we're on your side. All right, thank you. Uh, all right, take care. Have fun on that sled today, Shane. Take care. Have a great day. All right. You bet. Thanks. See you. We're going to be right back with Jasmine, Jasmine Keith. Keith and something that I've never heard of. So I'm looking forward to hearing all about this organization and this fishing tournament coming up on White Bear Lake. Bob FM wants to pay off your bills. I just won $1,000. Let's get you on Bob's bankroll. I like that. <laughs> it's your chance to add $1,000 to your bank account every weekday. Every weekday. Every day. Wow. Wow. Listen for the contest keyword at 8, 11, 3, and 7. Okay, cool. Then enter it at mybobcountry.com for a chance to win in this national contest. Each keyword is another opportunity for you to win Bob's bankroll. La, 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 it's time for Capra Sporting Goods Ice Fishing Clearance Sale. Get select ice fishing stuff for up to 30% off. Get huge discounts on electric augers like Strike Master, Ion, and Razor. Electronics like Garmin Livescope, Vexlar, Markham, Otter and Eskimo sleds and hubs, rods, reels, tackles, and more. These are the best deals of the year. In-store only. Call or come in for specific pricing on what you're looking for. While supplies last, Capra's outdoors on Highway 65 in Blaine. You know who has deals? Cabras has deals. So you've never been to Devil's Lake, North Dakota? You gotta. Devil's Lake has been rated one of the top five fisheries in the entire country for many years for many reasons. Hey, plenty of walleyes, of course, with no slot limits. You've heard it before. 365 days season, five a day in tenant possession. That's crazy. And jumbo perch are a blast to catch. Devil's Lake got many guide services that'll make sure your ice fishing trip will make you want to come back. Hey, bring your family. Let's have some fun. Check out devilslakend.com. And thanks. Dezeal Heating and Air Conditioning has let the dogs out. And their two fur deal is back. If your furnace and air conditioner are over 10 years old, they could roll over and break down. Let Dezeal help you fetch a free air conditioner with their two fur deal. For a limited time, when you purchase a furnace, you get a free AC unit with a free UV package. Dezeal Heating and AC, serving Wright County and the West Metro. Details online at DezealHVAC.com. That's D E Z I E L HVAC.com. <laughs> Pheasants Forever's National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic is coming to the Minneapolis Convention Center on February 17th through the 19th. Join us for puppy and dog training seminars, a youth village for kids, a public lands pavilion, pollinator and wildlife habitat, hunting gear, and more than 400 unique exhibitors. It's National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic the weekend of February 17th. Presented by Pheasants Forever, Quail Forever, and Federal Ammunition. For more information, log on to pheasantfest.org. Mark your calendars for Minnesota's largest ice fishing derby. The 48th annual Maple Lake Ice Fishing Derby is Saturday, February 4th from 12 to 3 p.m. 100% of the proceeds are used to improve our lake's waters. Over $75,000 worth of prizes, including an ice castle fish house. Ice drilling contest begins at 3.30. Many kid-friendly events. Join us at the Big Ten for the largest party on ice, 4 to 8 p.m. with music from Joe and the Mechanics. Food and beverages available for purchase, including a Bloody Mary bar. Maple Lake Fish Derby, Saturday, February 4th. Details at maplelakefishingderby.com. Arrowhead Outdoors in Ely, Minnesota doesn't claim to be Minnesota's trout headquarters just because no one else does. They actually carry the largest selection of lake trout tackle found anywhere in northern Minnesota. And much of it is custom made right there at Arrowhead. 
This season, Arrowhead Outdoors is the only store in town renting ice houses for lake trout. And if you never caught a lake trout through the ice, get ready for an experience worth sharing. Hey, come relish the wilderness and the serenity of Ely area. And let Arrowhead Outdoors help you catch a few trout. Total Country Bob FM. <laughs> ah, this is so much fun. Doing the radio show from Campus Sporting Goods Store uh, in Blaine. It's a lot of fun. Sam's there. He's the owner. He and his family own Campus. Mark Luke is with me, and I'm Steve Strasinski, the Four Outdoorsman, every Sunday night at 6 o'clock. But, hey, we got somebody special right now, and that's Jasmine Keith. Hello. It's not Jasmine. It's Jasmine. It is. You Jasmine. can call me Jasmine. My grandparents don't. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Um, i, 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 I got to tell a story. I tell a lot of stories. We have a couple of minutes here anyway, so if we get Jasmine or J- Jasmine, right? Yeah. My, Spell it. My No, no, no. My, my, my wife's name is Diana. Her mom named her Diana, 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 but her mom always called her Diane. Always. And it bothered my wife and she'd mentioned it i'd mention it and she kept calling her diana one time her mom calls and is diane there i says there's nobody here by that name and i hung up and she called me back and she was so pissed off man <laughs> you knew who i was talking about but then jasmine keith jasmine welcome to the four outdoorsman thank you okay you are owner of northcast yes i don't know yeah. what what is northcast uh northcast was uh it's actually inspired by two lovely people my grandparents that lived up here in East Bethel, close by. Yep. Um, it was a brand that I started in college to honor my grandma after I lost her. So I wanted to, to hone in on my creative spirit and create just a, a brand of goods. And so the first thing that I started doing, I made jewelry. Um, I make a lot of unique leather beaded handmade jewelry. And then um, our family fish fry batter that she would make at campsites. I began making, I have four different flavors now. Um, but started making that, packaging it and selling it, and then mostly to family and friends. And then I I make a dry rub seasoning. I make candles. I have some other random art pieces, and I do farmer's markets and Good for you. Sales. Good for you. So my, yeah. my wife and I just came back from Jamaica, and she was looking for a magnetic bracelet. Oh, sure. You know, and uh, she's, there's all kinds of beaded bracelets all over Jamaica. We couldn't find one that just can, – can you get her one sure. of those? Uh, possibly. Possibly. <laughs> I might know a few resources. Well, it's a firm no. She's not it's a, a dealer. Firm. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 We, 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 bring we, a suitcase. We, we were looking for marijuana. All, can you help me out? Can you help me out? Yeah. Maybe on that. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about Northcast after uh, we're done talking about something that's very, very important to you as well. You have an ice fishing derby coming up. Uh, you're, you're combining your, your efforts with Urban Boat Builders, Inc. What yeah. is or Urban Built Boat Builders, Inc.? And then they, you know, we'll talk about the Ice Fishing Derby coming up February 25th. Uh, Urban Boat Builders, they're an incredible organization in St. Paul. They started in 1995, and they host youth programs. They host apprenticeship programs, and they, they noticed that kids were doing less and less hands-on work. And so they actually teach kids to build canoes by hand so they are i mean real canoes real bending the wood they're tying the knots they're stretching the the materials i mean they're doing everything um so it's super cool i saw them for the first time at the state fair i think and then i went out and i watched one of their launches is this where did we meet her or did we meet somebody else we in? met someone from Urnbred boat builders yeah, did, was yeah. It a, yep so we had right uh, by the dnr building it was michael yep. yep we had a guest um State Fair broadcast. You do look like a Michael, though. Uh, yeah. 
and uh, they did a great job, and and we got to go watch them build canoes right right, right, right. there by the DNR pond. Right, that's, so that's cool. really cool. Mm-hmm. But they also the kids they build these, and then a couple times a year they go f- launch them. So they launch them on like Lake Como, and they take them up to the Boundary Waters, and cool. it's so neat. And then they also build longboards, and then they'll teach them how to ride the longboard. So they they make uh, boats and paddles, and they sell them in the community. Okay, so you're affiliated now with with. Um, a friendship with Urban Boat Builders Inc. And I mm-hmm. want to find out where this is because I'm an old East Side of St. Paul guy. I was born and mm-hmm. raised in the East Side of St. Paul. And I like to. I love this stuff, and I, I yeah. don't have. I would love to see this happening firsthand. Sure. But you guys got together now and doing your second annual ice fishing. Not excavadant, excavad, whatever. Say it again. It's, it's a derby. It's a badumpum. <laughs> it's an ice fishing derby, February 25th. Let's yeah. talk about that. That's what's really important to you right now. Yeah. So last year, um, we kicked it off on Lake Minnetonka, had some incredible feedback. People had a great time despite how cold it was. So uh, we're coming back for a second year. It didn't take long to decide that. Um, hosting on White Bear Lake. That's closer to St. Paul, where their you know right. their base is, right. um, and the people that they serve. So, uh, over there, we are going to head out of Bel Air Beach and be close to shore. We're hoping for fifty to one hundred people fishing this year. Um, Two thirty to five thirty p.m. We're doing doing that afternoon bite. Um, hopefully, have some better luck. And um, what else? What else involved in, in, in how? Do, Who's going to be fishing in this tournament? Is it the kids? Are there adults? Is everybody? So a little bit of everything. Um, I think last year our youngest kid fishing was like three years old. We had okay. a, a couple little girls out there. Um, and then it, it's all ages. So a lot of people that visited last year, it was their first time because it's the urban boat builders. I mean, they send it out to their whole community. So it's families that have never heard of it, never done it. They live in Minnesota, so they're super excited to get out and try something new. Um, we have like activities and games out on the ice for people that maybe fishing isn't their thing. So there's other activities. There's hot food. We'll do raffles. And then we're going to have a warming tent with a silent auction inside. We'll have bonfires set up with s'mores. Fun. Um, yeah, all sorts of stuff. You know, you're talking about, go ahead, Mark. Oh, I was just going to say so through Round Share Productions, we do a couple of fishing tournaments, and you always run into issues you never thought you'd have to, like, you're like, let's do a fishing tournament. Mm-hmm. What, what kind of, challenges is it hard getting a permit like what did you have to go through to put that first one on and what have you learned for this year well i have to to credit urban boat builders for most of that legwork because they're an established 501c3 Mm -hmm. they um they're hosting our website that you sign up for so i'm really the hype woman i mean i'm just like (laughs) that's good and very important too i just want this to happen um they you know applied for the permits because they do a lot more events and they host events on site and off site so they have either already have it or they have the resources to get them so um it it was tedious you know we went through a lot of information with the state and with the county and and hennepin county and lake minnetonka it was particularly difficult Mm -hmm. um i think they get a lot of requests so we ran into a couple challenges we could not have food trucks on the ice we couldn't have certain items on the ice but at the end of the day people ended up parking out there anyways so you can't control the public right. in that sense so that was one thing it was hard to regulate uh traffic um and then volunteers you know it's always hard coordinating volunteers for the first time when you don't really know what you're there's so much competition out there there's so many fishing tournaments every weekend that too yeah, yeah. it's hard to decide that's why i mean i'm just 
sign up now. I mean, just reserve your hole, put it on the calendar. You know you want to fish. So You talked about fishing on Lake Minnetonka last year. It's not really the yeah. urban kids are going to be fishing Lake Minnetonka. You come into the right part of town. <laughs> this is my old stomping grounds. You know, how many fish did you catch last year, and did you have people help you clean those fish? I'd have to look at They weren't worth cleaning. I'd have to look at the, <laughs> at the board. Um, it happens. We, it happens. You caught one. We had a, no, we had a whiteboard full, but there was probably nothing over four inches. I mean, they were all, like, teeny perch. There was, <laughs> there was like, minnows. Yeah, nothing to clean, right? No. It's, it's like herring. You caught herring, yeah. Do you remember that tournament we did in Chisago? Yes. With Mike? Yeah. Uh, and I don't think one fish was caught. There oh, was yeah, like, one kid caught one. There was, like, 200 holes. It was yeah. just dead. Yeah, on Lake Chisago. And, and it yeah. was full with pros, Crazy. right? People that knew what they're doing. Yep. It's just you can't you can't control the fish. Now, no. what Mark was mentioning is kind of important, I think. Urban, I mean, I'm from that part of town, and that mm-hmm. part of town, and if and that's where Urban Builders is, east side of St. Paul. It's 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 a whole melting pot right there. There's sure. blacks and, and Asians and whites and everybody, and, and um, it's it's a whole different ballgame as compared to when I was a kid. A lot of these people who are going to come out there maybe have never fished. Are there going yeah. to be people out there to help them fish? Yes, we will have kind of a little um, a little station or a couple people that are going to be hands-on and willing to help and answer questions and i'll be one of those you know it's hard for me not to fish but i just run around like a crazy person the whole time you'll be busy enough whatever i can do do much fishing yeah yeah i was going to ask too so obviously the event's great how did you get into the outdoors we didn't we didn't start off with that i mean i grew up up here you know my i went to school in the cities and spent my weekends and summers up here so we were uh fishing or camping every weekend with my grandparents um, or mudding or, you know, it was just all my time was spent in the woods or on a lake. Awesome. Um, so my grandparents taught me how to fish, how to, how to clean fish. I can fillet Northern. I can, I just, I love it all. You can get the Y bones out. I can. You yeah. really can. I can. Hey, did, I sent you guys a video, um, uh, that I saw on Facebook. I, 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 I can clean a wall. I'm not very good with panfish. Sure. But they showed how to get all the Y bones out of the Northern. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? I sent you. There's the, a couple versions. They're well, the one good. was, let's say you got a four-pound northern, which is, I don't know, 25, 30 inches, whatever it is, and they, they cut the, laid on the side, they cut behind the head and above the back fin, mm-hmm. and they and they cut that piece off, rolled mm-hmm. it over, cut the second piece off, and did the same thing on the back and the front, and they never even came close to the Y-bone. Mm-hmm. They, so they had four fillets on this thing and never even came close to the Y-bone. Pretty I- cool. You could be leaving some meat on there, but yeah, there's like two, yeah, two yeah. main ways to Good do answer. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you own a fish breading company, you better know how to fillet a fish pretty yeah. well. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. I, I had to figure it out. <laughs> um, and then one thing I wanted to mention, so last year I actually stopped in here on my way up to, I forget where I was stopped headed. Stopped in where? To Capra's There here. you go, there you go. And uh, bought my first electric auger. I had a gas auger that leaked gas all over me. and. Yeah. Gave up. I sold it and uh, came and got an electric one here. Love the thing. So last year at the contest, we pre-drilled all the holes. I found, I think, maybe four or five amazing men that volunteered to drill holes all morning. And I don't know how many, but it was too many for the group that we had. So it was a lot of wasted energy. (laughs) Uh, You drilled a hole for some other people. For some other people. Um, So this year we are changing it up and we're going to pre-drill, you know, however many people we have registered, however many holes we sell, we'll drill 10 extra holes like over that. And then we're going to set a perimeter with like spray paint. So people can drill their own holes within this perimeter. Um, so I think that's kind of cool. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. What uh, auger did you get? Sorry. 
Um, it's the Strike Master. Twenty-four or the forty? Oh, I think it's the forty. Okay. Yeah. Maybe uh, cappers will have to donate one of those for the event. Ah, that'd be amazing. Yeah, See, I think that's sure really can. cool, especially with like people that have never done it. Like, that's a cool prize. Oh yeah. Especially electric. Like you said, started. no one wants to method. You're on the hook gas. now. You yeah. promised on air. You can take it when you leave. <laughs> Write that contract down right uh, now. We're talking, <laughs> <laughs> we're talking with Jasmine Keith, and she uh, owns a little company called Northcast, which has got all kinds of uh, dry rub and that kind of stuff and fish flavoring. But she's come, come teaming up with Urban Boat Builders for the fishing tournament February 25th on White Bear Lake. How do people get a hold of you and sign up for this, and what does it cost? So... You can go to northcastmn.com, and I will be posting it every day. You can find it on Urban Boat Builders. Um, I will be posting the the QR code to the event website. Mm -hmm. It's on Give Lively. I can't really give out the whole link. It's very long. Um, but I will be sharing it, so Northcast Minnesota on Facebook. And the cost is $20 per hole. Um, we are trying to raise $15,000 this year. Last year we had about ten. And our attendance was, you know, somewhat, it was sparse. Yeah. But but wonderful. So that's our goal this year. And you had good sponsors and hopefully we some did. sponsors coming back. Oh, gosh, incredible sponsors. Good for you. Really, good really you. good. Where, do, where does all the money go? So Urban Boat Builders, their, their youth apprenticeship programs, I mean, they're, they're hosting um, various groups of kids at different ages and stages and hosting these woodworking class. I mean, there's a lot of tools involved. There's um, a few paid staff members on site that help them too. Um, there's all their transportation. So they they do a lot there and uh, the funds go to them. We will have uh, either urban somebody from Urban uh, Boat Builders or yourself on before, the week or so before sure. this and see how it's going and, and, yeah. uh, and uh, promote this even harder. I think it's a great, great oh, deal I that you're doing. It. I respect you for doing it because you're doing it, you're not getting paid. Are you? Yeah, we do. Well, I, I, Northcast has a small portion because of my time, and I also contribute resources to it. Okay. So I maybe get back what I put in. I have that girl. Um, yeah. And I was just reading this. What you guys do, what, what Bolt Builders does is empire, em, empowers youth to succeed in work and life through woodworking and exper experiential learning. That's Absolutely. what they call it, right? Right. Jasmine, thanks for being on the Four Outdoorsman. Thank you. We'll promote this ice fishing derby February 25th, and uh, we'll try to get you a lot of people out there. Come on out. All right. Thanks for listening to the Four Outdoorsman, everybody else. Thanks to Jasmine for being on. Also, the conservation officers, Shane Savodnik and Kobe Fontes. They're someplace up in northern Minnesota saving lives and doing their job. Uh, every day's a gift. Take care, everybody. Mark's got some advice. Get outside and make some memories.